got a couple text messages here. Just quickly. First one, Denny. Yikes. You cannot live on bread alone. Amen. Say it louder. Shout, shout out so you're not signing my petition, obviously. Clearly about not. About having, having a compulsory breakfast for the invited guests mm-hmm. on Faith FM Breakfast Show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's no. We no She's breakfast. She's not signing the petition. No one is signing the, no petition. signing the petition. No one agrees. Did with we you. get anyone? Did we get anyone giving me any support on that? We did. Oh, we one yeah. person. One shout person. out to that one. Two uh, people. Two people. Well, yeah. Shout out to to the one that you read is a support one as well. You can't live on bread alone. You need food. Oh <laughs> no, no, the no, point, no! I'm talking about like spiritual you can't bread. Live on the bread spiritual of I, bread. Jesus says, like I, I have bread of which you do ah, not know. Spiritual bread. Do, do, Shell do. Southwell, please, <laughs> please, don't oh. try and come in here and then tell me that I don't know what I'm talking about. No, I'm just joking. Um, but no, we, it's certainly one. But what did what did the other person say? So we got one here from James that said, "Let me just see his." <laughs> Sent me a few things. Ins- yes, he says, Danny is a great host, and I think Brecky should be provided for the guest host. Oh, oh you are the best, James. <laughs> you are my favorite okay. for today. I, I, I somewhat you, agree. I, I think it would be healthy to start a tradition of, of breakfast for the for the guests, but after the breakfast show finishes, if I, dude, if I was listening to radio and I heard someone munching in the mic, I would, it would send a shiver down my spine. Like, I could not. Handled that. And that's and if, right. If before heard, or after? Before heard, or after? If, if you heard this and no, no, so, this actually this sounds like a Greek wedding. Sounds like a Greek wedding. Man, I'm about to have an aneurysm, bro. <laughs> 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 All right, uh, I, have a, I have another text message here. It's, it's pretty... I won't ever be invited on the breakfast show. I, I want to read you this. This is text the message. last time. I'm this sure is, I'll this be is invited. some pretty pretty heavy stuff. I'll be on the blacklist. What does it say? No, we we love having you here, Daddy. You crazy. just cause so crazy. much commotion. I think I think that I'm from Macedonia. That's my background, Macedonian oh, okay. background. So that explains a lot of things. Okay, just okay. like Alexander the Great. Yeah, yeah, who yeah. Burned down the world. Exactly. Right. <laughs> and Daddy's doing so, the same. In here. So we're a menace. <laughs> we have another interesting text message here that I wanted to read. It's it's pretty hectic. Okay, it's go for hectic. it. Go for it. We'll try uh, our best to answer. Job keeper reinstated. Great news. The whole problem would be resolved though if simply they stopped the lockdowns it causes more pain than in than the virus ever could and there are literally thousands of doctors researchers scientists including reports from the world health organization saying the same thing they don't work uh, there's also a point where the, the writer uh, of this text message goes on to make a connection to the new world order uh, mm-hmm. You know, ultimately, um, how do you, how do you feel about that notion? Well, look, um, I think our our writer uh, of this text message mm-hmm. makes a good point, and as he states, or or she states, um, there is a lot of evidence uh, of the negative impact of lockdowns mm-hmm. uh, on on mental health and well being. Not to mention, you know, people's ability to feed their families mm-hmm. and support themselves and their families and so forth and so on. Um, whether 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 we or, or whether, not not we whether the government is is taking um, on board um, extreme measures uh, disproportionate measures mm-hmm. um, you know that's debatable however I, I tend to lean I tend to lean um, toward what our what what our person here has shared um, I do believe that um, yeah we we probably have 
um, utilise disproportionate um, measures, and especially where COVID hasn't been mm. active. Like, I mean, Victoria, for example, shut down the whole state mm-hmm. um, for a whole week, and yet COVID had not, you know, had not been mm-hmm. present in some of those far out mm-hmm. communities, far away from Melbourne for 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 twelve months or or more. Or, or at least around 12 months based on, on some of the reports I heard. So, you know, having those kind of blanket, um, you know, rollouts of lockdown is detrimental and, yeah, it, it's really impacting people. I don't, I don't think it's – look, I, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not – thankfully, I'm not one of these individuals who are making those calls mm-hmm. um, that are affecting millions of people, but I can imagine it'd be, it'd be a huge headache mm-hmm. um, for, for the pollies to, to know how best to navigate um, this situation. I think what we need to do – I think we can all agree on this one thing, Lawson, and that we need to pray. Amen. We need to pray for our political leaders. We must pray for them because they are, uh, are facing um, titanic um, issues that they just do not have the capacity to deal with. So we mm-hmm. need to pray for them. The Bible encourages us to pray for our leaders. And if ever our political leaders needed prayer, it's today. Yeah. Uh, if I can just quickly comment, because I, like, I agree, like prayer, 100%, like, you know, th- and these are massive decisions to make. I believe that lockdown has only been made a negative thing because we are trapped in an economic reality that doesn't allow for a lockdown. Mm. Because I think that, well, the, the, when we just see the rates of coronavirus, every single coronavirus, like, increase rate has been stifled by a lockdown. Yeah. Like, like 100% it's irrefutable. The point that the text message is making is like, oh, is that stifling of the spreading of coronavirus worth the economic impact? Because that's what we're really talking about here when it comes to, oh, is it's causing the world more pain. Yes, there is an em- element of, of loneliness and separation, but that is very much remedy in our day and age by our ability to be able to, you know, uh, connect to each other online and, and all these different things. Um, but... Like, uh, yeah, I feel like it's only a negative thing because of the economic reality um, and that we're in. And I would say that in in a in a better world uh, where we weren't facing uh, such kind of harsh and single stream, I'm not now campaigning for socialism or communism or anything like that. But I'm just saying in a different situation uh, where we could adequately support people in a lockdown situation. Um, which we kind of made the point with JobKeeper being reinstated. It's like, oh, well, get the Australian government probably could, but it's unfortunate that money goes to kind of everywhere else. Uh, I would say that the lockdown from a health perspective is actually a good thing because, you know, from the statistics, it shows that, yeah, that lockdowns, Stifle spread. Yeah, look, it's one of those. It's one of those difficult situations. Yeah. And I think the it's end a catch twenty two. You know, either or six. You know, six or how important is mental health? Mm. Um, you know, let's mm. let, let's take a look at the suicide rate in twenty twenty, and it certainly um, increased significantly. Um, you know, domestic violence went through the roof due to lockdown, as as we can just picture that scene um, in an already vulnerable space. So, you know, it's it's one of those very difficult situations. Yeah. It's not a clear-cut matter, and that's why we need to pray for wisdom mm. for I think I think, leaders. yeah, that's the thing we can always appeal to, is that the solution to all of this is, like, first the coming foremost, of Jesus. The, the coming, coming of Jesus, Jesus prayer, is the only solution. But ultimately support. Yeah. 
kindness, support, yeah. showing love to those people, you know, showing people that are uh, kindness to those who are affected by these adverse circumstances. Okay, good to uh, answer some text messages. Now we are going to go into our Bible study where we're going to be talking about the priest of the new covenant. Really heavy topic here, very theologically dense too. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. So I mentioned a little bit lately this, uh, sorry, last, in our last lesson, this idea of the transfer of responsibility of the covenant, you know, that it's Jesus who comes in, who makes sacrifice for us, who also represents us in heaven. We made this point already, you know, Jesus being our representative in the most holy place, um, you know, uh, working with God to atone, uh, for our sins, also being that sacrifice. Let's just, discuss it and go through it. We're going to go to our first Bible verse today, Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 4. And and yeah, just just have a conversation about it. Um, and I'm sure Danny has lots of amazing things to More say. More than I need to. More than I need to, Lawson, <laughs> you can be sure of that. As, as, <laughs> as any evangelist on this show would have always lots to say, and I'm no exception. Let's read, let's read Hebrews 10 verse 1 to 4, if you can get that for us, Danny. Sure. Shall we pray first? Yeah, we can pray. Father in heaven, we just ask and pray that as we open your word in our time of study, that you will bless us through your Holy Spirit. Give Mm. us wisdom and understanding and open our hearts and minds. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 All right. So Hebrews chapter 10, beginning in verse 1, all the way through to verse 4. Okay. For the law having a shadow of the good things to come and not the very image of the things can never with these same sacrifices which they offer continually year by year make those who approach perfect. For then would they not have ceased to be offered? For the worshippers once purified would have had no more consciousness of sins. But in those sacrifices there is a reminder of sins every year. For it is not possible that the blood of bulls and goats could take away sins. Mm. Interesting stuff there. It is not possible that the blood of bulls and goats takes away sin. Now, on reading this, it's kind of a bit of a contradictory statement because we haven't we seen God set up an entire system where yeah. the blood of bulls and goats takes away sins? What are, what are your thoughts on that? Well, my thoughts are if we keep reading, um, we discover what the answer is. <laughs> <laughs> isn't it a great thing about the Bible? Isn't it just? Isn't it just? The answer is there. If you keep reading mm. from verse 5 to verse 7, um, we have the author of Hebrews, and I believe it's the Apostle Paul. Mm. Um, he is quoting from the Old Testament, mm. and he is quoting uh, the answer as to, and he's quoting from Psalm, you know, Psalm chapter 40, uh, mm. verses 6 to 8, and he's pointing out, how we can receive forgiveness. And it's not from the physical bull or from Mm. the physical goat, but from someone who is represented by these animal sacrifices. Okay, before we go on and read, I I just want to build some context for this Mm. point of animal sacrifices and a little bit of just where it came from um, in terms of in in its relation to the covenant itself. Well, the Um, first time... The animal sacrifices appear in Scripture is in the book of Genesis, mm-hmm. in in or just outside the Garden of Eden. Mm-hmm. 
And and it represents, you know, the, the sacrifice made for Adam and Eve, and it also covers them. That's interestingly, right. that their That's skins right. then go on to to cover them as a as a as a type of symbol. Already, we're seeing it, a very um, um, primitive symbol of what sacrifice would then later become to the Jews. This idea of you know being a, a, a full covering for sin. They, their immediate reality is that their sins had made them naked and vulnerable, literally, and so they are literally covered. Um, but in relation to the covenant, it's interesting to read in Exodus chapter twenty-four. Once they agree and they say, "Oh, all that the Lord has commanded." Um, we will do. And at that point in verse six, it says, and Moses took half of the blood and put it in basins and half the blood and sprinkled it on the altar. And he took the book of the covenant, uh, read it in the hearing of the people. And they said, all that the Lord has said, we will do and be obedient. Then Moses took the blood, sprinkled it on the people and said, this is the blood of the covenant, which the Lord has made with you. According to all these words. So this old covenant that they have, uh, which we're going to discuss a little bit later, this old covenant also a part of the old covenant experience was the you know the 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 ceremonial sacrificial system and everything that happened there. Um, not that sacrifices was only contained, you know, not that the sacrificial system only existed in the old covenant, um, but, you know, it was explicitly like mandated and, and furthermore, like kind of laid out for the people within the context of the old covenant. Um, it's confirmed by the blood of a bull being sprinkled on them. It's the blood that confirms the covenant to them. It says this blood, you know, it's the symbol that, that, that this promise it'll go through. You know, God will be who he says he is. He'll do all the things that he says he is and it says he will do. And the people with the blood of the bull being sprinkled to them confirm as well. Oh, yep. You know, everything a part of this covenant, a part of this agreement, we will do. It's being confirmed by the blood. It's being confirmed by this sacrifice and now you know just ask again uh, how sufficient was that to the children of israel you know uh 30 seconds later when they're dancing around a golden cow and you know worshiping it and just completely in idolatry obviously that blood of the bull didn't have the same effect on it than it did on god at least well mm. not that god is faithful with or without the blood of the bull but you know god being always faithful um but yeah obviously it made no change to them even though it confirmed their covenant their promise to god that everything god has said we will do mm. and now we see this transition here uh, we come to hebrews 10 and it says actually and it makes the point that we see very clearly placed in front of us actually the blood of the bulls do nothing that's right it, it can't atone in and for of sin. itself it it, it 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 cannot cleanse sin because mm-hmm. it can't you know mm-hmm. bulls bulls sheep Lambs, you name it, they cannot cleanse sin. Mm. You know what? Let's just jump into 5 to 7. That quote, let's get into it and have a read. Okay, this is what it says. Therefore, when he came into the world, that he, capital H, is speaking of Christ, he said, sacrifice and offering you did not desire, but a body you have prepared for me in burnt offerings and sacrifices for sin, you had no pleasure. Then I said, Behold, I have come in the volume of the book it is written of me to do your will, O God. Mm. And so, so Jesus Christ here was the one that was 
the whole essence of of the covenant and the mm-hmm. sacrifice. Uh-huh. The sacrificial system appointed to Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. And so he came to fulfill the covenant. Mm-hmm. Because he alone can take away our sins. Yeah. And uh, and the reason why death needs to take place is because the Bible says the wages of sin is death. And sin is a cancer. That's mm-hmm. how I describe sin, like a cancer. And what does a can what does cancer do? Spread. It spreads and it ultimately takes the life of the individual and it ultimately separates loved ones. That's what mm-hmm. cancer does. And so Jesus Christ came and he was willing to be separated and experience the 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 cancer of sin from his heavenly father my god my god why have you forsaken me in order that we might be restored and so jesus christ here he alone was able to fulfill um the the new covenant promise not that mm. the old covenant promise there was anything wrong with that but the old covenant promise pointed to christ and so christ says this is my cup you know of the new covenant when he's giving the first communion service to his disciples there in the upper room on that Thursday evening, on that mm. Passover evening. And so that is the whole big deal about here. And Jesus came to do the will of God. Mm. I've come to do your will, O God. And that is the most important aspect of the covenant. Now, this, Faithfulness. this like uh, inherently answers one of the biggest questions about the terms of the covenant, which is the law of God. Um, because, you know, people who make that point, we talked uh, yesterday about this, people make the point, oh, no, the law is, you know, we're under grace, we're under the covenant of grace, da-da-da, we don't need to keep the law. The law was for the Jewish people, and they, they cause, because they heap the moral law up with the ceremonial law as well. And they ultimately make the point, and, and they, they throw the Sabbath in there, they throw everything in there, everything in that pop. Moral law, ceremonious law, health law, they throw everything Civil in there. Civil laws, everything. Civil laws, everything. They throw it all in one pot, and they're like, well, Christ fulfilled it all. Um, oh, man. But we see so clearly here, this completely refutes that idea Oh, we, I just want to talk all about it, but we've got a song coming up and we're going to come back to it in our next section. But yeah, we are just going to be discussing this idea of, well, you know, if Christ came and he was the sacrifice, would there be any need for a sacrificial system of goats and bulls? And, you know, does that then throw out the moral law with it as well? Right. You're listening to the Breakfast Show podcast on Faith FM, positively different. We've just got a flurry of calls coming in, apparently accepting this notion that the co-hosts or something need to have breakfast. Now, when we don't have guest hosts in, then please stop. Every time there's a vote that comes in, I'm (laughs) going to give the celebratory... See, the thing is, is, though, Denny, is that... Although you know, I would you, starve you're, if it was up to you. Thankfully, Shell Shell's brought this <laughs> smorgasbord breakfast before me. Oh yeah, laid a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Soy milk, a smorgasbord. <laughs> <laughs> That's so good. But no, but you don't understand is that the only person that this affects in the long term is me. Because yeah. I am the co-host. Lyle is the host. Actually, Lyle eats breakfast here every morning, but before the show starts, I don't eat breakfast here, mm. you know, before or during the show because I'm like, I don't know, I just don't. I've, it makes you're, me you're focused I, I get, on the task at hand. Yeah, you're I, not I, thinking of your belly. You're thinking of the spiritual yeah. food that you want to share with the listeners. I, I You've eat got after such, it's the show Such done. high ideals. <laughs> it's just phenomenal. 
Where did they find you, Lawson? <laughs> I, okay, I see what you're trying to do to me, Daddy, and I'm not going to let it happen. All right, All we right. have one uh, one last clue for the quiz. So we know that this was a consecrated a consecrated bread was mm. eaten here, an old sword was here, Abimelech was a priest here, David refused to massacre here, and the final clue is um, Doeg the Edomite put everyone to death here. If you know who that is, give us a call or a text, uh, 0491064669, and win the prize, Performing Living Without Limits by Clifford Goldstein, Powerful Truths for Your Journey of Faith. All right, let's jump into this last section of Bible study, and we were talking about uh, the ceremonial law and Jesus fulfilling it. So let's let's just jump straight into that idea with, you know, Oh, it's so it's so interesting here. You just need to ask the question, right? If Jesus fulfills the law, like fulfills the the ceremonial law, fulfills the old covenant with his sacrifice, and fulfills the new covenant as well, he fulfills every covenant with his sacrifice. Um, is there then any need for sacrifice after that? If even though the Bible makes it so clear that no sacrifice is sufficient to get rid of sins, no. Jesus Christ became the sacrifice. You know, mm. he is the, the the better sacrifice according to the book of Hebrews. And and when he died, it was it was it was very very clear. We've got we've got absolutely conclusive, clear evidence from mm. Scripture. When Christ died, the sacrificial system that pointed to him mm-hmm. for the past four millennia came to an end. Because we have we have in Matthew twenty seven and verse fifty one, there we have. Matthew recording that the veil in the temple mm-hmm. uh, dividing the holy from the most holy place, this veil that was mm-hmm. about four inches thick was torn from top to bottom, mm-hmm. some some 30 feet high at least. Um, and it was torn by an unseen hand from top to bottom. And uh, that was at 3 p.m. in the afternoon when Jesus Christ said, into thy hands I commit my spirit. And the Bible says he bowed his head and he died. It was the time of the Passover um, sacrifice. The, the the priest was there, about to about to kill the Passover lamb. Three in the afternoon, when Jesus Christ died, and uh, I think it's the historian Josephus points out that when the high priest. Uh, saw the the veil of the temple ripping in two from top to bottom. He cried out, Ichabod, Ichabod, which means the glory of the Lord mm. has departed. And as as uh, the story goes, um, from what I have read, um, he dropped the knife and, and that lamb, that lamb escaped. And that lamb was not sacrificed because Jesus Christ became the lamb of God that takes mm. away the sins of the world. Word, according to according to what John the Baptist had said, some three and a half years prior. Yeah, so wow. very conclusive. Mm, that, I love that point. Very conclusive. Like, uh, in fact, the uh, the twenty million movement here. Our Bible study it, it makes the point here. Just in, in a simple phrase, it says, "Once the sacrifice has ended, um, the need for their ministry, being you know the ministry of the Levites, the sacrificial system, 
ended as well. You know, there is no yeah. further need, and, it, and it's crazy to me that there are there are Christians, you know, mostly Jew, you know Jews. Um, in fact, you know, pretty much all Jews are campaigning to to get back to Jerusalem to rebuild the temple, um, to get sacrifices going again. But there are even Christians campaigning for that and supporting yeah. them to do that as well. Yeah, which makes absolutely no sense. Well, that's because they have a false understanding mm-hmm. of uh, the Jewish nation, the physical Jewish nation mm-hmm. today, and its role in Bible prophecy. They have a completely yeah. false understanding. And we've we've you know you've talked about it in your show. We've talked about it here on the breakfast yeah. show before. This this false understanding and where it comes from. But mm. it's just crazy when the Bible just makes the express point that no animals and you know a building of wood and stone. Uh, being the temple cannot save you, but fact, Jesus if Christ could, can. If I could just share this from, I mean, it's so clear here, Hebrews mm. 8, and I'll just read verses 1 to one and 2, Hebrews 8, 1 and 2. Now, this is the main point of the things we are saying. Mm-hmm. We have such a high priest who is seated at the right hand of the throne of the majesty in the heavens, a minister of the sanctuary and not of the tabernacle. Sorry, a minister of the sanctuary and of the tabernacle, which the Lord erected, and not man. And it goes on and talks about, you know, um, uh, Jesus Christ who has fulfilled mm. everything as the perfect uh, the perfect priest mm. and the perfect sacrifice. And he's our perfect king. And I think the ultimate thing to understand in relation to the covenant um, and, and, you know, how this affects us today is that, yes, Christ made the sacrifice for all and no longer was needed. Um, the the ceremonial laws that were, you know, and the, and the Levitical laws um, that were held under the old covenant. But, you know, there are there are Christians who then make the point, oh, no, this is, this is the fulfillment of all law. No. But my simple point is, did, you know, did moral law exist before sacrifice? Absolutely. The Bible Absolutely. says without, without the law, there is no knowledge of sin. Mm-hmm. So Adam and Eve... Sinned because there was a moral law, uh-huh. um, and God's moral law is tied up with His character. Mm-hmm. It's who He is. Mm-hmm. God's Ten Commandments, His law of love, is who God is. It's the foundation of His government. You take away the the laws of a land, you don't have a you don't have a yeah. country. Hundred percent. So, so that's the foundation. And so and so ultimately, this leads it's us. Eternal. This this confirms what we have been speaking about here on Faith FM as being the ultimate uh, outcome of the covenant, mm. and that is our a relationship with God that is founded in you know our love and faith um, in Him, and we see the the fruits and the outward expression of that. Obviously, being a follower of Jesus, and a very very big part of what that looks like is keeping his law because that is the best thing to do well it's in our best interest you know um, it's 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 for our good always the bible says Mm -hmm. so god's law is a law of love that protects our two most important relationships our relationship with god and our relationship with one another. Mm. Man, we've only got a minute left of our of our Bible study for the week. We've been going through Jesus as our priest in the Old and New Covenants and how he does all the work there. Are there any, any closing thoughts you have just in the last minute? Uh, my closing thought is that we need to look to Jesus. Amen. According to Hebrews, yes. you know, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. And so if we continually do that day by day, moment by moment, keep our eyes on on Jesus, mm-hmm. not on ourselves, not on others, but keep our eyes on Jesus. He will safely take us from this sin-sick world to the heavenly courts above. Amen. What a way to close. 
Thank you so much, Danny. We're going to get into question of the day after the upcoming songs, but it's been so great to have you here. You're not going to be with us next week. Only if you provide breakfast. Oh. No, no, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, next week I'm preparing to head to Queensland. Um, I'm running a seminar there. I'm running a, a Bible prophecy seminar uh, next weekend. So. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. But right now we have the... Question of the day. All right, our question of the day today, Danny, is God ordered Abraham to kill his son. Was it moral for Abraham to willingly comply? Okay, that's a very good question. And I've pondered that question in the past and people have asked it. So let me seek to give you uh, a succinct answer. Firstly, if you and I were to do this, um, it would be highly immoral. So you're thinking, well, why was it moral for Abraham? Well, this is a very, very specific instance um, in Scripture. There aren't too many of them, but where God is asking someone to do something that God would not otherwise ask, which is clearly against his word and against his law that we've been talking about, for the purpose of demonstrating a key truth as an object lesson, so to speak. So if we take a look at the story, it's very interesting, and I just want to make a note of of a few points here. This story demonstrates the entire plan of salvation in one story and what God would do in giving his only son, Jesus Christ. So as you have pointed out, God asked Abraham to sacrifice his son, Isaac, and it's interesting what God says, and I'm going to read it here to you because this gives us clues as to what is taking place, that this was not um, to be uh, something that God wanted for each and every one of his followers, that this was a specific situation that was to teach an object lesson and whereby God did not actually want this to take place, but God simply wanted to teach a very important lesson that would never be forgotten. So, Take now, God says, your son, your only son, Isaac. Okay, first clue. Was that was that um, Abraham's only son? No. He had already a son by the name of Ishmael who was born. And so this already gives us a clue because Jesus is referred to by God as my only begotten son. And we have that in John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Okay, so that's clue number one, that we're talking about something other than something physical here. There's a spiritual lesson to be learned and gained. Whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah, and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I shall tell you. Now, Moriah. Moriah ends up being where the temple is built by Solomon. It's the it's the it's where the dome of the rock is today there in Jerusalem, and so all the way through I won't take the time to read the rest of the story, but there you have um, you you have Isaac and uh, he is a symbol of Jesus Christ. Abraham is a symbol of God the Father, and all the way through that story you have the the all important salvation point that God would give his one and only son who would freely and willingly, just like Isaac, lay down his life on the altar. He would take that that wood, as Isaac did, and that cross on his shoulders, and he would be willing to die for our sins. So mm-hmm. it's an object lesson not to be the, the norm for God's people. Mm-hmm. 
Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM.